Hello, welcome to Heavenly Manor with Milton Harris. Now in today's broadcast, we want to go into the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. And the word of God says, For unto us a child is born, and this speaks of our Lord and Savior's humanity. He said, Unto us a son is given, this speaks of our Lord and Savior's deity. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so, as we look here in the Word of God, we do see the humanity, and we see the deity of the Lord. We see the future event that when the Lord comes back and he sits up and he rules and reigns up there from the throne of David, we see the government of the world shall be upon his shoulder. And here we see that there's uh, five great names in the word of God that are given describing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, again, there are five. Five is the number of grace. Some have tried to narrow it down to four, combining wonderful and counselor, but four is the number of the world. Aren't you glad the Lord Jesus Christ came in grace to give grace so that you and I could be saved and born again, receive grace and be saved. Thank God for his grace. But as we begin to get into this most wonderful time of the year, we want to look at some names and titles of Christ, the Christ of Christmas. And without Christ, there really is no Christmas. And as we uh, continue to look here in the Word of God, and I want to just bring up some names before we get into these five that are listed here that I feel like is very important. We know that in Isaiah chapter 7, uh, verse 14, he says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, we go over into the New Testament and we find that in Matthew uh, chapter number 1 and in verse 23, the word of God says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted, it, which being interpreted is God with us. And I want to, uh, before I get into the, the Emmanuel, I want to point something out. Here in the Old Testament, many scholars are trying to say that the word virgin could mean young woman or young ladies. But when you go into the New Testament and you see this verse, the Greek word really narrows it down to a virtuous woman, in a way, a woman that has, has never known a man. And so when you go back and you look, and in the Hebrew, the Hebrew uses the same type of language. So again, here's the devil trying to confuse the issue trying again to make Mary out not to have been a virtuous or a virgin, uh, and Jesus not been virgin born. But if he was not 
virgin born, then we don't have a savior and we're lost and doomed. And that's what the world would like for us to think. That's what the devil would like for us to think. But I believe the word of God. And I believe Jesus Christ, as the scripture says, uh, came and was conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. And he came and was born in that lonely little, uh, probably cave over there in Bethlehem, uh, which at that time would have been a stable. And he came to pay a price that you and I could not pay for our sins because he, and he alone, has lived a sinless life. And he was there a sacrifice, a lamb without spot and without blemish. He was our substitute. And aren't you glad he was willing to go? But this word Emmanuel is God with us. John 1.14, he said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us. Uh, it, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ is simply that God has come in the flesh. Uh, John wrote in First John that uh, any spirit that, and I'm going to paraphrase it right quick, any spirit that uh, says that Jesus came in the flesh is of God it, any spirit that said he did not is not of God. And so anyway, Emmanuel, God with us, and Jesus Christ was God with us. Look at the name Jesus. Jesus is the Old Testament or Joshua, and it literally means Jehovah is salvation. Going back into Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter number one again. We want to look at verse 21, where it said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And again, uh, the angel Gabriel instructed Mary over in Luke's gospel, chapter number one, uh, that his name shall be Jesus. Let me, I'm going to read that right quick in Luke's gospel, chapter number one and verse 31. And the word of God says, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and brave forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Well, so we see that going back to Matthew, uh, when Matthew gives that genealogy, he goes back to show that Jesus Christ is the right heir to the throne of David and through the genealogy. And he is. And, but we see here, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Again, uh, hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is of God. And Jesus really is uh, that name, uh, Jehovah's salvation, that's been given, and I think it really represents his humanity. But thirdly, look at not only Emmanuel, God with us, uh, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, 
Then look at the word third Christ. That word Christ literally means the anointed one. It's the same Hebrew word that we uh, get the word Messiah. And so Jesus Christ is the Messiah. In Matthew 1, 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When Mary, his uh, mother, well, excuse me, when as his mother Mary was the spouse of Job, uh, they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So again, she's conceived of the Holy Ghost. Unto us a son is given. This is really is speaking of the deity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As uh, again, Isaiah gives these five wonderful names that are associated with the Lord. And again, there was nothing worldly about our Lord. Uh, he came in grace. He come to fulfill what the Lord had promised way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. He came and he gave his life that you and I might have eternal life and be Oh, uh, in heaven with him and the Father forever and ever. Well, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the one that has been promised. Well, I want to take just a few minutes, and I don't know how many of these names we'll get to look at today. And uh, we may come back here to, if the, the Lord's will and look at uh, some more of these a little further. But as we look here in Isaiah, we see the first name that is mentioned is wonderful. That word wonderful here, it means to excite. It means marvelous. The cause, astonishment, amazing, extraordinary, miraculous, incredible. Well, I'm going to tell you what, all that uh, comes out of that one word, wonderful. And we know that uh, Jesus Christ, when you get to know Jesus as your Savior, it excites. And I'll tell you what, just to know that he saved me excites me. And I'm thankful that he was willing and able and did save me. He is marvelous. Uh, I tell you what, when... Uh, he works in our life. Is it not astonishment? He's amazing. Sometimes we're back to the corner and we see no way out, but God, uh, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, makes a way. He is extraordinary. There's none like him. He is miraculous. And folks, let me say, he is incredible. Well, as we look at this name, wonderful, let's say, first of all, he is wonderful in his person. Well, how's that? Well, we've done talked about some of this, but we'll hit it again. He was miraculous. Uh, he was wonderful in his spiritual birth. We all have read from Matthew and from Luke's gospel about how that uh, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and how then he come forth, and it was a spiritual birth. 
there was a spiritual conception uh, there as he come forth through Mary. A human birth, a spiritual birth. A spiritual, but then secondly, the sinless life. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Peter talks about how that he was a lamb without spot, without blemish. You remember that uh, over in 1 Peter? I'm just going to flip over there and read it right quick. For he said, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb excuse me, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Without blemish and without spot. And then uh, chapter 2, Peter again in verse 22 said, Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. So he's wonderful in his person that the spiritual birth conceived by the Holy Spirit, his sinless life, he did not sin. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if he sinned, he could not be the perfect Savior, the perfect sacrifice. Well, how about his sacrificial and substitutional death on the cross of Calvary as he took our sins and he took our place there on the cross? In Hebrews 7, 27, he said, Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer a sacrifice for his own sins and then for the people's for he did once when he offered up himself. He offered up himself as that sacrifice and that substitute. 9.14, he said there, Now is much, <clears throat> how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And we know then from Second Corinthians, as we look in the Word of God in 521, it was a substitutional death. He said, For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, dear listener, I've just looked up. I'm out of time. May the Lord bless is our prayer.